dogs. They were certainly in high demand during the pandemic, of course. And with businesses back open, restaurant owners in particular are getting more and more inquiries asking if their patio, if their establishment, is it dog friendly? Here is Cliff the Vet to, to join us uh, now to discuss this uh, a little further. Hey there, Cliff. Good afternoon. Hey, Jeff. How's it going? Hey, I'm good, thanks. Uh, I think laws currently allow service animals in places like uh, restaurants and on patios, but let me open the conversation by asking you about other animals, support animals, or just pets in general, uh, Cliff, with more and more people having a pandemic pet. Is it time for maybe a bit of a rethink on this? Yeah, that's a tough question, and we're going to get ourselves in hot water potentially here. So legally... Um Animals that are obviously service animals are allowed anywhere. Um, but then therapy animals, which, you know, maybe they help with anxiety or, or your own sort of separation issues um, and, and are basically mental therapy support animals, they are allowed and they're required to be accepted into restaurants if you have a doctor's note. And the, the restaurant owner and the, the staff have the right to ask for a doctor's note. They can't ask you what your disability is or why you need the animal or ask you to show what the animal is going to do, but they can't ask for a note. But other than that, they're not required, obviously, just to allow you to bring your, your, your favorite furry friend over just because you don't want to leave the dog or cat. Or, and I guess that's the issue. Where do you draw the line, right, with which animals? So this is going to be a tricky situation, and, and I'd, I'm interested to see how it turns out for these restaurants that allow this to, to, to occur. Yeah, is the biggest concern here, Cliff, do you think, is it behavioral when it comes to more and more pets being allowed into not only restaurants, but any sort of businesses? More and more people are asking whether or not your establishment is pet friendly. Is the issue whether or not your dog, uh, your pet is well behaved? Is that the biggest concern? I think on the outside, that's probably the biggest concern is they want to make sure the dog and, and let's be you know, serious, it's probably just going to be dogs of the situation here, but they want to make sure the dog is, is friendly and not noisy and obviously not aggressive. But what they're forgetting are the people that are coming to their restaurant that maybe don't like dogs, or I actually asked my family about this, and we all love dogs, obviously, but their big issue, sorry, my phone's got an alarm going off. Their big issue is, uh, is what if the dog shakes its fur everywhere and the fur goes through the air and into your food, right? Like mm. there are some serious health issues or con some concerns that the other patrons are going to have. So it's a tricky situation. You know, that's interesting. I hadn't really thought about that, but you're absolutely right about uh, dogs uh, shaking and fur flying uh, everywhere. And of course there are people, uh, Cliff, that are, they're allergic to dogs. Yeah. I mean, and, and, you know, not every dog is hypoallergenic, and there's even some people that are so sensitive that even if you have a dog that doesn't shed, uh, if they just smell the dog, they're going to start sneezing, or they may break out in hives. Or what if they have a phobia, so they need, for their own mental health, to not have dogs near them? And maybe you have a section of the patio that is dog-friendly, but then are you turning away people that aren't? you know, comfortable with having a dog in the vicinity. It's a, it's a real slippery slope. And, and, uh, you know, I think, uh, we just need to go in a, and, and give business to these restaurant owners without asking them to jump through hoops. Let's just have them give us good service and good food at a reasonable price 
And uh, uh, I honestly, as a veterinarian, I would say it's probably better for the dog to stay at home and learn to be by itself for an hour or two. That's not, uh, that's not the worst thing in the world. Well, you raise an interesting point because there is some concern, as I mentioned earlier, about uh, behavior and whether or not your dog is uh, well-behaved enough to even go to an establishment or, or a patio. And how many of these dogs, when you say it might be better for them to learn to be uh, on their own, how many of them have been pandemic puppies, pandemic pets, and they have not really been uh, on their own? And they've got to, you and I have talked about this in the past, separation anxiety, and uh, there's some uh, concerns there. Yeah, and we're definitely seeing more separation anxiety. People have been home for two years now, and, and often these dogs have grown up as puppies during the pandemic, so they've never actually had to spend a lot of time by themselves. But also those same dogs probably haven't been socialized very well with other people or other dogs. So they don't, they don't know how to interact with people. They don't know how to handle sort of normal frantic noise of a restaurant, or if you're outside, a car goes by and, and blares its horn but you don't know what's going to happen. And people, people are well-meaning. Obviously, they want to take care of their dog. Their dog's got separation anxiety, but they need to talk to their veterinarian or behaviorist. And, and those vets or behaviorists are going to say, you need to, we need to work with you and you need to work with your dog so that you can keep your dog at home. It's just a Band-Aid solution if you have a dog with separation anxiety and so you decide to take it to the restaurant to work to the movie theater, like who knows, everywhere, right? You need to mm-hmm. actually solve the problem. Yeah, you mentioned to work, and that brings up something interesting. I was reading last night an article about a business in, where's it, Calgary, and they actually encourage some of their employees to bring their dogs to work. Some do on a regular basis because they have a positive impact, and we've seen this not only in businesses but places like uh, senior centers, long-term care as well. I mean, when you do bring dogs into certain environments and establishments, there's also uh, the potential for a positive impact there. Yeah, yeah. And again, this is a this is a tricky situation. I've actually treated and worked with a lot of long term uh, long care uh, long term care homes here in the area at Markham, where they've had resident cats and resident dogs. But these animals live there, stay there, and and have been, pardon the pun, vetted for uh, for their health and their their behavior and whatnot. And they do provide positive um, uh, uh, impact on these these residents' lives. But as far as bringing an animal, again, I'm going to sound like such a Grinch here because I love dogs, I love cats, but what if that dog, what if there's someone in your office that does have a phobia or what if someone in your office finds that that very cute dog is distracting, are they going to feel comfortable speaking up or are they going to turn into that sort of so-called Karen that is nagging and and being a, a Debbie Downer, so to speak, right? Um, and then where do you draw the line? Is there a size of dog that makes a difference? Is it only dogs that don't shed, and therefore the other dog owners are going to be upset? What about cats? What about other pets? Like, is it just cats and dogs? It's hard to say. Yeah, and I know there's one HR expert quoted saying that uh, workplace uh, pet policies are a must uh, moving forward for a lot of uh, workplaces just because of this uh, rise in uh, pandemic puppies and uh, pets. Cliff, i got to leave it there. Appreciate the time as always. Thanks so much for this. Thanks. Stay safe. You too. Cliff the Vet with us, and we're back after a break here on the Jeff MacArthur Show.
Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.